Hi friends and welcome to Live Well with Emily, a podcast where we talk about all things yoga, Ayurveda, mindful living, and holistic wellness. My goal is to inspire and empower you to connect more deeply with yourself and the world around you so that you can live a happier, healthier, more peaceful life. Thanks for being here. Let's jump in. Julie. Hi. How are you? Oh, my sister's dog is here. And she thinks when she hears another voice, someone else is here. And then my dog starts barking. So, oh, yeah, they'll settle right down when they realize like, oh, no, it's nothing at all. Let me um, turn on my light and close my door. And then they can bark in the rest of the house and we can talk. Wonderful. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing really good. I was really excited to get this invitation and um, I loved your little drop back video today. I was like, (laughs) yeah, Sean's been working hard. He has a, he has a lot to work on in his in his back bends and his drop backs especially right now so and you know what like I he's I love it because it's really hard for him like really really hard to back bend and he still does it every single day and it's not about how deep or how not deep it is any certain day it's just like this is something that I have to do you know this is just like my work Hey, I looked at his back pen and I'm like, yep, that would, if someone holds a strap around my waist, I will, I could go back like that, but there is no way I could drop back like you do. I would just back. (laughs) (laughs) Lots of practice. That's for sure. (laughs) Easily for me either. (laughs) Oh, you make it look so easy, Emily. Like when you Gosh, you had that gorgeous picture of you in bow where you're shaped, you're at a teardrop shape. And I'm just like, and I know, I know how much work it is. Like, I know you didn't just roll out of bed one day and go boop and pop into that. But I'm just like, man, it's just gorgeous. Your poses are just beautiful. And I totally recognize and honor that you've worked really hard. As I said, it's not like you just one day were like, I'm going to put myself into a teardrop shape and up you yeah. went, you know? So, yeah. yeah. Totally. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. so can you just um, briefly like introduce yourself to the listeners with like who you are, what you do, what your background is? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So hello, hello to everyone listening. My name is Julie Hoffman. I am a retired nurse and I'm now in my wellness career. My business is Julie Hoffman Wellness. I have several components to my career. I am a yoga instructor, which is how Emily and I know each other. I also read tarot, I read astrology, and I am a life coach. I'm actually a a board certified as a nurse coach. So that, that came on the tail end of my nursing career. I spent close to 30 years working as a nurse. And I say to people that you can never really leave nursing. It's kind of like being in the mafia. You know too much. They don't quite let you out. So 
I don't know as though I could ever say I'm not a nurse anymore. I can say that I've retired and I've moved on, but I still keep my foot in that water just a little bit. I love that. Yeah, that's so funny. I've never heard that before. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, I, so when I met you at Pulse, at Yoga Pulse, I felt like, you know, instantly, like you were so cool. And I, I don't know if you remember me saying, I feel like I've said it multiple times. Like, I feel like when I get older, I'm going to be like Julie. (laughs) That's so sweet. I don't know. You're, you're awesome. And I just love you. And I'm glad that you were able to come on the podcast today and talk. And I really, I you, we have so much that we could actually talk about with all of your background. Like we could literally have multiple episodes, like one on nursing stuff and like what that was like, and then one on astrology, like we're doing today, you know, like there's so much room, one on tarot. Um, today I, I did want to focus on astrology because I do think it's super interesting and I haven't had anything like it on the podcast before. And it's wonderful that I have somebody who has been studying it and knows it and clearly loves it. Like I can obviously tell by everything that you post and stuff, you have a lot of passion for astrology and tarot and, and combining the two, which is really neat as well. Absolutely. So, um, can you just maybe give like a brief explanation of how the system of astrology even works? Sure. So I, and I will call out that there are multiple ways that people do astrology. Astrology at its basic level is looking at what time you were born, where the planets were in the sky and how that shapes your destiny. And the reason I say there are multiple ways to do it, a Vedic astrologer would read your chart differently than I do. And I'm not saying that one is correct and one is incorrect. I'm just honoring the fact that there are different paths. You will meet astrologers who are what I think of as predictive astrologers who would look at your chart and look at where the planets are going to be in the future and can potentially tell you things about yourself. You can look at a chart and notice, oh, well, this is what I feel happened in past lives for you. I personally tend to look at a a birth chart and often it's also called a natal chart, N-A-T-A-L. And then I'm telling you, here's where your sun, your moon, your rising is, here's where the different planets are. For me, what I like to do in astrology is give people a big permission slip as to this is why you are the way you are. So that's what I do in a reading. But to keep in mind, there are many different astrologers and they're all going to have a slightly different take on it. Vedic astrology is not an astrology I can speak to, but from what I understand, your sign is actually different. So I'm a Libra sun. But in Vedic astrology, I could be something from, uh, I probably would be something completely different. And again, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole because I can't really speak to it. But I do want to honor that there are many different ways that people bring astrology to the table. I think the final thing I'd like to say just in this part is, for me, the modalities I use in my business are all to heal people. So if someone is saying, oh my gosh, why am I this way? Astrology can show you, well, this is who you are. This is the planet. So this is the energy you've been granted in this lifetime. And then you understand better. Oh, okay. This is how I can work with that. How I can 
accept who I am, how I can move forward and use this energy to help me. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, so that's a good point. In Vedic astrology, I am a Pisces sun and a Pisces moon. And then, you know, I, is it tropical? Is it called tropical astrology when it's? That, yes, the house, the looking at the houses. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm an Aries sun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's really cool. I actually, when I pulled up your chart right before this, and I I didn't do a reading on your chart. I just pulled it up, but my eye is naturally drawn to sun and moon, and you've got quite a few planets right there with your sun and moon. Yeah. And so I was like, Aries, okay, that's interesting. Cause I can see, I could actually see the Pisces side of you as well. Mm-hmm. So kind of interesting to think about that. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because, you know, a lot of people, when I tell them I'm an Aries, they're like, Oh, really? Like, <laughs> you don't really seem like an Aries. <laughs> I'm not like your typical Aries girl, I feel like, but I definitely, I, I know I have that Aries in me, but I do think overall, I give more of a Piscean kind of vibe. Yeah, that, that sort of spiritual vibe, but I would say your yoga practice, Ashtanga, that's, to me, that's more Aries. It, yeah. it has that spiritual side to it, but Aries is that fire, that um, start, you know, Aries is spring. It's that beautiful energy of spring. And Ashtanga does make me think more of that. It's got more of that fiery passion to it. And it has that beautiful spiritual side as well. Yeah, totally. So what are, what are your, okay, what's your sun and your moon and your rising? Okay. So I am a Libra sun. Libras love beauty, harmony. Libras are about relationships. I say to people that if someone is telling me something I absolutely know is not correct, sometimes I just agree with them to keep the peace because that's a, that's a very Libra trait. And I'll give a silly example. Someone says the sky is purple. I will say, oh, no, no, the sky is blue. And if they're like, the sky is purple, a Libra, the Libra in me is like, okay. <laughs> you know, like, why am I going to fight this? Um, I, like you, am an Aries moon. And as a young person, I was definitely like a fighter. And I often say, forgive my language, but I'll say as an Aries, like I could be a shit starter for sure. Like that's an Aries thing. You know, that's, those are my emotions. Moon is my emotions. And I could get that party started and, you know, start some trouble, cause things, stir it up a little bit. My rising sign is Leo. Leo is a sign that is often very comfortable being seen. So I can present myself very confidently, even if on the inside I'm saying, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I'm being scared and worried. Leo can be very, very confident publicly. I often say to people, Mick Jagger's a Leo. That's the quintessential Leo. And he's even got that beautiful mane of hair. Um, I've always loved that those long manes of hair as well people that have those strong that strong uh, mane of hair so yeah that's my sun moon rising I think Sean is a Leo rising I'm pretty sure Sean has that amazing he has cool Leo energy I could see that and he's even red like he's even a redhead and he's got that amazing mane of hair yeah he does (laughs) yeah yeah he's got great hair (laughs) okay so can you explain what the what the sun and the moon and the rising actually represent and like what does it mean to have a sun in libra or a sun in aries like me Mm -hmm. 
So the sun is our personality. The sun is also going to represent our male energy. We all have male energy. We all have female energy. It doesn't matter what gender you're assigned at birth. You're going to have both of those energies. The sun can also represent your father or a father figure in your life. Your moon is your emotions. And I love to explain this to people by saying, so you and I are both fire. You know, we, we've got that fire energy, the Aries. And Aries moon, if I backed you into the corner and held you there, fire people, we often will fight, like literally physically fight to get out of the corner. Mm -hmm. Somebody whose earth energy is going to just stand there. They're like a tree and they're like, okay, well, eventually they're going to get tired of holding me here in the corner and they'll let go. An air, which is Libra, Libra's air talks. I will talk my way out of this situation. And water often can cry. Just like, oh my gosh, I'm being held in the corner. I'm just going to cry. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I have a beautiful granddaughter who has so much water in her chart that honestly, she, like, if you just looked at her wrong, she might start crying. And that's, it's not her fault. She's got a ton of water in her chart. And that can be a gift that she can really release through water. Some of us have really trained ourselves, don't cry. You know, it's, so she's got that beautiful gift of I can cry, I can release, I can go with the flow. The moon is also our feminine side. That's the lunar side, you know, that can be the shadow side. Those are the parts of us that maybe we're not necessarily showing to the world where the sun, everybody is seeing that side of ourselves. The moon can also represent your mother, and then Leo, or I'm sorry, Leo, I'm thinking of my rising. <laughs> the rising is, can be the mask. So I definitely can present like a Leo. I've got a lot of that in me. Some people, their rising is going to be even more prominent than their sun sign. Someone like you, you have quite a few planets right around your sun. So I would say you probably do have more of your sun energy than your rising energy. But not everyone does. Other people may present much more strongly as they're rising. And for me, I do think of it as the mask we can put on when we go out into the world rather than our sun energy, our personality. We can keep that more hidden. We can have both. For me, I, I feel like I've got all three of mine. I'm, I'm pretty balanced in terms of my sun, moon, and rising. That's nothing I did or worked on. That's just my unique little cocktail, if you will, of astrology that, yeah, I represent all three of those. I've, I've got my sun energy, my Libra, I've got my Aries, my fire moon, and I've got my Leo rising. Is Libra an air sign or is it an earth sign? Libra's air. air. Okay, so you have two airs, right? In your uh, two fires, one air. I'm fire and air. Oh, there we go. Okay. So I have fire from Aries, water from Pisces, and then my rising is cancer. So that's water as well, right? Yes. Yes. Interesting. So, and that's something to think about too, right? Is like how, like not just what sign do you have, but what elements are predominant yeah. in your chart? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Yeah. So um, real quick, so like 
you know, I feel like Aries, which is fire and then Pisces, which is water. So my, my sun and my moon, I feel like they're so contradictory. I feel like they're the exact opposites of each other. They're even like the beginning and the end, like they're total opposites. Absolutely. So a couple ways to look at that as a young person, you may have felt this constant push, pull, push, pull, like, where am I? What's going on? What's happening as a, an adult, as we mature, as we do the work, and I'm saying do the work in terms of yoga. I know that you understand that, the svadhyaya of, of I am doing the work. I am doing the internal work of who I am, how I show up as a person. For me, it, I'm actually getting goosebumps. You've more got like the whole package. Like you've got the beginning energy all the way to that beautiful closing energy. So you've kind of got everything. You've got that ability as an Aries to start, to get it going. Let's have, let's have this happen. And you have that Piscean energy of, I can hold space and be very spiritual and go very deep with people. So, but as a child, it may have felt more like, let's do this, no, this, this, back and forth, you know, that kind of pull. And as time passes, you might be able to see, oh no, I've got this, this whole little package here. I can integrate it. And of course, none of us can ever completely integrate everything. We're still going to have those days of like, ah, you know, I have more Aries today. I want to, I want to run. I want to jump. I want to move more. And I have the Pisces today and I'm going to meditate. And then other days it may just come together beautifully and feel very nice and smooth. Oh, I love that. I've never heard of it like that. That's, that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny actually, because I, I remember one time, so I, I used to teach a lot of restorative yoga and a couple of my students, you know, they would come every week, every class, like three times a week, they would come and they loved the restorative yoga practice. And then um, a couple of them were like, oh, we want to come to your, you know, your vinyasa class. And I was like, okay, great. You should come. And, and afterward they were like, oh my God, <laughs> I know you as this like quiet, sweet little sheep. And then I took your vinyasa class and you were this lion and it was scary. And <laughs> like, that was really hard. <laughs> yeah. That's that's so awesome though because that right there that you know the vinyasa that's aries and then the restorative and i've done your restorative and that is pisces and for me also being a yoga instructor i totally understand like we are when you go through your training you're taught everything so my thing i love to teach and you may know this about me is yin and if I show up to teach in, I'm showing up as one type of energy. And if I show up to teach a heated flow, that's a whole other person that's coming into the room. And, and as it should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I show up to teach heated flow and I'm relying on that other energy, oh, hi, everybody. Welcome. You know, let's, let's get started. No, like, bang, bang, bang. We're going to go. We're going to do this. And yeah. So yeah, and you've got both of those energies in you. That's fantastic. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. Okay, so then can you sort of explain or briefly describe um, what each sign's main characteristics are? Sure, sure. So let's go ahead and start with Aries because that begins the year. 
Aries is, I think of Aries as spring. That's when it starts. It's in March. So for me, Aries has that beautiful bursting forth energy. Aries is the ram. Sometimes we think of that energy more as maybe it's rushing a little forward a little too fast, not necessarily thinking of where am I going? What am I supposed to be doing? Aries can be a leap first, look second kind of energy. I definitely had a lot of that as a younger person, as a teenager. Um, I am an Aries moon, remember, and I broke quite a few bones <laughs> as a teenager and I had a lot of fun and I was really a daredevil. Aries definitely can embody that energy. That's a fire sign as well. And then we move into Taurus. I have an absolutely adorable Taurus granddaughter. She is too. Oh my gosh. Taurus is the bull. Earth energy is very stable. Earth energy can be stuck and Taurus is just like, boom, I'm going to dig in my heels and I'm not going to move. And that little two-year-old can just control the world. She wants a different fork. She is not going to eat till we give her the fork she wants. I don't know why the fork is different, but that's classic to me. She is so classic Taurus. I was taking care of her yesterday. She needed her diaper changed. Nope, she wanted the Lion King diapers and you know they were not open and I did manage to get her diaper change, but that's a Taurus. They hold their ground, they're gonna stand their ground. This is a very frustrating energy and a toddler as an adult, I feel like this is gonna be great because she'll see the goal and she'll continue to work until she gets to that goal. We move, and Taurus is earth sign. I may have already said that. We move to Gemini. Gemini is an air sign. Air signs are fantastic talkers and Gemini is probably the chattiest sign in the zodiac. That's a great communication sign. Uh, Gemini also is the twins. So often I think of that as someone who does want to be paired up with another. And at the same time, a friend of mine who's a Gemini says, I can be both people in myself. Like I can, I can find both sides of that just right there for myself. After Gemini, we come to where we are right now. We are in the season of Cancer. Cancer and you're a Cancer rising. So yeah. Cancer is a water sign. My son is a Cancer. Cancer loves to build a sanctuary. Cancer can travel the world, but they want to come home and have their sanctuary to be safe, to feel like I'm home and I have my, my blanket and I'm just going to curl up and I'm going to rest here and be comfortable. And my son's entire life, he has fallen asleep when he's comfortable in very interesting positions. To this day, he does it. His girlfriend will send me photos of him asleep in random photos or random poses. I send her pictures of him asleep like this when he was a child. <laughs> so cancer is definitely about, I'm going to build a sanctuary. I'm going to uh, rest here and be present in this space. So now we've gone through each element. Now we're back to fire again. We're back to Leo. We've talked a little bit about Leo. Leo is someone who wants to be seen, although internally they can still feel very uh, uncertain, unsure about it. But Leo is typically a very extroverted sign or can appear very extroverted as well. Um, Leo is the lion. Leo can roar. Leo is, is a confident person. Inside they may not be, but externally they sure look confident. Virgo, earth. 
Virgo is someone I say, do not argue with someone who's Virgo. They are right. <laughs> so, or I think what, the way I like to put it is argue with a Virgo at your own peril because they're right. If a Virgo tells you something, they have thought it through. They may have researched it. It's going to be correct. I don't have much Virgo in my chart. I can be incorrect and in just shooting from the hip, but a Virgo does typically know. Virgo is someone who is a place for everything, everything in their place, very detailed, very specific. If someone has obsessive compulsive, they can have Virgo, quite a bit of Virgo going on. After Virgo, we come back to air, Libra, yay, that's me, that's my sign. Beauty, harmony, uh, relationships, keeping the peace. That is definitely a, a Libra. Scorpio, our next water sign. So we go to Scorpio. Scorpio is intense. Scorpio can go very deep. If I say to a Scorpio, do you want to talk about the meaning of life or do you want to shop for shoes at Nordstrom? They're going to look at me and go, please, girl, we're going to talk about the meaning of life. Like they don't have time for superficial things. Scorpio is also the sign, also leaf, also the sign I think of as the most sexual. When I see a Scorpio, I think, oh, that can be a sign that is fairly sexual. Uh, Scorpio likes to discuss birth, death, perhaps the underworld. Uh, Scorpio can be into witchcraft, tarot, astrology. It's a very cool sign, water sign. Back to fire, we go to Sagittarius. Sagittarians do not take things seriously. This uh, is someone who may like to travel all over, particularly long distance travel. They also though can be a philosopher. They're great detectives. They can get to the bottom of something. After this, we go into Capricorn. Capricorn is the hardest working sign in the Zodiac. This can represent paternal energy. I forgot to mention cancer can represent maternal energy. Um, Capricorn, very hard worker. They can get a lot done very quickly and they need to be reminded, let's go outside and let's play. We move to Aquarius, air sign. Aquarians look at the world from a futuristic perspective. So I think of people like, I don't know what these people's signs are, but like Elon Musk, um, he, oh, let's make electric cars that drive themselves and, and he'll do it. Uh, they are sometimes feeling like an alien on this planet because they think of things so forward, so futuristic. They say, we can do it this way. And we tell them, no, you can't, but yeah, we sure can. They'll, they'll figure it out. And then finally we come to Pisces. Pisces is about spirituality. Pisces go with the flow. Pisces, I think, can also feel like, I do not know what I'm doing on this planet. These people are crazy. We should all just meditate and get along. Um, Pisces is a, a beautiful, spiritual, very, very fascinating sign to me. Many signs I'm very fascinated by because I don't have a lot of them. So yeah, that, I don't know if that was a nutshell. I feel like I just went and went and went. Oh, that was great. That was perfect. It's interesting because I, I feel like you know, I think about people who are Gemini's or, you know, whichever one. And, and then I think, you know, like, yeah, 
some people I'm like, yeah, totally that's them. And then others I'm like, hmm, like it just doesn't feel like it's them. And I imagine that that's because there's so much going on in a chart, right? Like you cannot just be like, I'm an Aries. So now I have all of these characteristics and that's me. And that's, I think where people become very skeptical about astrology too, is like, they, they hear like, they hear the nutshell and then they're like, that's all there is to it. Well, then it's wrong or something like that. But but we have to think, you know, there's so much else going on in the chart, right? Yeah, yeah. So I love that you said that because you had me talk very quickly through the signs. In astrology, we're also going to look at the houses. Yeah. So if I could magically, you and I were lying on a blanket under the stars and we could split the sky up into 12 pie pieces, if you will, those would be the houses. So okay. houses are going to contribute as well to what we look at within astrology. Okay. And then we're also looking at all the other planets, like what are the other planets doing? And the planets are going to communicate and interact with each other differently in everybody's chart. Right. I, when I pulled up your chart, most of your planets are on the, if you're if I was just looking at the chart right here, your planets are all on what would be the right side. If we were staring at your chart, you have almost nothing on the left side. I have all the planets below the horizon. I have almost nothing above the horizon. Now, interestingly, planets below the horizon often could indi indicate that you're introverted and I'm not. So again, you have to look at, well, why is she not introverted? Well, her rising's in Leo for one thing. <laughs> That's, and my North Node, the work I agreed to do is in Leo. So I, I am very extroverted. Yours would indicate to me that you are here more in service to others rather than to yourself. Mm. And so what that would look like for me is that in a household, you are, and, and I, I know you a little bit something, and this is probably accurate, like I will cook the food. I will, I will make a house. I will make a home out of this house. You know, I'm here to make sure that we all had food and we have clean clothes to wear. And when people are feeling like, oh, I need a little extra emotional support, you may be there for them in a way that, that you feel like this is really my role. I'm in service to others. There are other people who are in service to themselves. It's not a right or a wrong thing. If you believe that we are reincarnated, we're gonna do all of it. But in this lifetime, that can be what you are in service to do. Right, that's so cool. So that's great. So then like, so there's 12 signs and then there's 12 houses, but they're not the same thing. So, so what's the difference between the signs and the houses? Sure. So again, we all look at where um, the, the way you start your chart is at the time someone is born, what sign is rising, what sign is on the horizon, and that's the rising. And then from there, we know that's first house, second house, third house from the rising. We're always going to say first house, second house, third house from rising. But that's first, different for everyone. The, the planets are what move uh -huh. the houses. And if I, if I can, can I share screen and pull up your chart and that may help? Yeah. How do I do that? Uh, just give me the opportunity to share screen. Uh, so if you go and if it's not right on the shared screen, maybe 
let me see if you put it under my little, the three little dots, maybe it would be there, or maybe you just click on share screen. Let's see. Because the houses are always going to start from that rising, but the planets, which in the signs will be in different places. Okay, interesting. Let's and if we can't pull it up, don't worry. We don't. We don't have to do it. Share screen. Okay, let's see here. <laughs> I'm not a tech adventures. Adventures in Zoom. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. We got it. We got it. Okay, but it's not. It's not letting. It's not showing me what I wanted to share. So let me. Here it is. I don't know. I had that pulled up, and then it came down. There we go. Can you see your chart? Um, from you? Uh-huh. Because I can see it, but that doesn't mean you can. If we can't see it, don't worry. We'll just, we'll just keep going. We'll just keep moving. I don't think I see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me try this. Let me try this. Let me try this. How about now? Yeah, I can see it now. Okay, yes, yes. This is actually how I do astrology readings. I do them on Zoom. Oh. Um, but typically I initiate the call, so it's a little easier to screen share when you initiated the call. All righty. So, and if you want to, uh, I know it's a podcast, so people are going to have to maybe pull an astrology chart of their own. Yeah, like take a pause and yes. pull your chart and then press yes. So in the astrological chart, the birth chart, there is a line and at the outside of the circle, it says AC, ascendant is what that means. This is the rising sign. Okay. Once we know where the rising is, we know this is the first house, second house, third house, fourth house. It's just, it's always going to follow. That first house is always going to be the rising is going to make the top part of that first house and then you go from there. I am going to call out to listeners, sometimes these pie-shaped pieces, which are the houses, are different sizes. Do not worry about that. That does not mean anything. Uh, sometimes someone may have a bunch of planets in one house, so that's going to make that house look bigger, other houses look smaller. But do not wonder, why is this house big and these houses small? It's not something that, uh, it, it doesn't mean there's more importance over one house versus another. So if I was just creating a chart and showing you all the signs and all the houses, I would line the signs up with the houses. So I would say Aries starts, Aries is the first house. Right. Your Aries is the 10th house because okay. things move. You know, we're not, it's not like all the planets, all the constellations, our earth are in one place all the time. Things move. That's why we always want to look when you were born, what was rising? Pisces, or I'm sorry, cancer. Cancer was rising. So that is your rising sign. And that's where your first house starts. Okay. So you just need to find the little part that says AC and then whatever that is, then you go in a circle to the right to count. Correct. Yep. That's exactly right. And you can even see on the inside of the wheel, you can see one, two, three, four, five. Those are the houses. Those are the numbers for the houses. Okay, cool. Okay. So then my Aries 
I, yeah, I basically have nothing on the left side. What does that mean? If there's like, if you have a lot of stuff going on in a couple of the houses and then other houses or even signs don't have any action, is that mean you're like unbalanced or does that even matter? I would say it does not really matter. It's your energy is all going to be in those houses or in those signs. Uh, for instance, um, sometime this year, I did a reading on someone who had, I think, five planets in Virgo. So that's just a lot of Virgo energy. You're just going to feel that energy very strongly. You have your sun, Mercury, this is your mind, your moon, your emotions, and Venus. Again, Venus is the Libra. So think beauty, relationships, harmony. All of this is in the 10th house. 10th house is the house of career. Um, interestingly, your career line though is going right here. This is the career line, the MC, right here into Pisces. So with a career line in Pisces, that's, that's a spiritual path and you're on a spiritual path. <laughs> like, good job, Emily, you did it. <laughs> Sometimes I look at charts and I'm like, this is a spiritual path. And, you know, maybe the person is on a spiritual path. It can be a very traditional spiritual path. It could be a very non-traditional spiritual path. A traditional spiritual path could be, I am a Buddhist nun. You know, I'm a Buddhist monk. I live in a monastery. I live in a cave in the Himalayas. It can be, I am a yoga instructor and I am doing self-study. I am doing my practice that can be a very spiritual path. Uh, yoga is really a whole other topic. As you and I know, you can be on the path. You can definitely be doing the work. And you can also be someone who is in yoga because you like what a yoga butt looks like, you know, <laughs> literally, I mean, and everything in between and no shade on any of that, no shade on any of that. Cause however we get to our practice, I'm supportive of. I'm supportive of us coming to having a healthier lifestyle, whatever brings us there. So this 10th house, this is something that for you, and 10th house would classically have Capricorn in it. So this would just say to me, like, you're a hard worker. You're very serious about what it is you do, whether it's yoga, Ayurveda, parenting, anything that you're doing, you are bringing 100% of yourself to the mat, to the table, and you are not cutting corners. You are not like, oh, I don't want to do it today. So I'm just going to sit down and hang out. You're like, I am on board. I'm doing this. I'm committed. So that that's a lot of 10th house energy. And that's, and you've got your mind in there too, your intellect, your mercury. So yeah, that's, that's a hardworking hardworking placement in a good way. So you're going to feel very committed to what you're doing, I would say. Um, so yes, you definitely want to do something you like because you don't want to be working very hard at something that you're thinking, oh, I don't want to be doing this. You know, it's it's because uh, you're going to put your all into it. I think of a woman I talked with who as a teenager worked at a pizza place. She grew up in the Midwest and she said, I was very serious about it. She was Capricorn. Every day I would come in, I would get the pizza boxes ready. Like it was my job. I was not 
slap happy about coming to work as a teenager. I was, I was very committed, very dedicated. It was important that I got this ready and I took it very seriously. And that's Capricorn energy. It's very kind of serious. I'm, I'm working and there is purpose in what I'm doing, whether it's teaching yoga or whether it is folding the pizza boxes, either way, like I'm going to do this and I'm going to be committed to it. Sean is a Capricorn son. So it's oh my very- gosh. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And Sean and I, uh, at one point were co-managers for yoga pulse and we would interview potential teachers and Sean would ask questions about yoga philosophy and lineage. And he, and he was very serious about it. And he was not being flip or trying to trip people up. If you turned around and said to Sean, well, tell me your lineage or tell me your yoga philosophy. It's right there. You know, he, he is a yoga student for life. He's always going to be studying those things. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me that he's got a Capricorn son. Yeah, totally. Okay, so then, okay, so the 10th house is career focus and and study, I guess. Is that right? Yeah, it's career. Mm -hmm. Okay, career is mainly, that's like the biggest word we can take with it. What about, let's see, what's, um, let's just go to the ninth house, I guess. We'll just go down. Yep. So ninth house would be the Sagittarius energy. If I gave one word to the ninth house, I would say it's a philosopher. This house also though, a philosopher in terms of, I want to stay up late talking about things that are important to me, but this house also can take things very lightly, very not, not be serious about things. This house can also be someone who puts what they treasure in a backpack and travels the world. So they can, they can head out and enjoy themselves and not need a sanctuary to return to. That's fourth house is the house of home. Uh, a ninth house person could have just a few things and off they go. And Sagittarius, or I guess the ninth house, that's also, both of those are connected with the planet Jupiter. Is that right? Correct. Yes. And Jupiter is very expansive and positive. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Good job. (laughs) 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 A little bit of reading. (laughs) Right. No, that's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I have, I don't have anything in the ninth house or do I? You have Mars in the ninth house. Mars is the warrior. Mars is masculine energy with the warrior. I always think, and that's Aries energy. A warrior is like, I see it, I want it, I'm going to get it. Um, And again, we need all these energies. That can be a huge driving force. Obviously, we don't want to have Mars energy to the point of, I see that car and I'm going to take it and it's not mine. No, you know, that's not appropriate. But I see that I would like to get a doctorate and I'm going to continue to work till I get it. That's great use of that kind of energy. So is that, so how does that, like a, what does it mean to have Mars in the ninth house? Does that mean like specifically, I don't even know how to say. No, no. Okay. I I love this question because let's take it even a little farther you have Mars, the warrior. I see it. I want it. I'm going to get it in the ninth house. 
Ninth House, uh, international travel, philosophical discussion, not taking things seriously, and they're in the sign of Pisces. Okay, so Pisces, spiritual, go with the flow, water sign, boom, like you've got, you've got some fire energy with Pisces. That's another one that as a young person, you, you've got some push-pull in your chart where you may have felt like, I see it, I want it, I'm going to get it. And your Pisces was like, let's settle down. You know, let's think about how we could get that in a nicer sort of way rather than just taking it. Maybe there's a gentler way to get this. So when we look at the planet, the house and the sign, we have to consider each one of those energies and think about, okay, what does that look like? What does this look like when we combine these three energies? What's this going to feel like for that individual? Typically, I read for adults, but I do read for children. If, if a parent wants a minor child's chart read, I will do it. And it can be very helpful to understand, oh, this is why this child is this way. That push-pull energy of, I want to do it, that Aries, like, I'm going to get it, you know, and then, but then later, maybe I shouldn't have done that. And I feel bad and I'm crying because I'm upset about it. That could have been something that your, your parents were like, oh my gosh, why did she go after that and do it that way? Why didn't she just wait? Because the Aries energy is going to feel stronger than the Pisces energy, I would say, initially. So but it, okay. but as, as you grow up, you're going to have this beautiful balance. Right. Interesting. Okay. So, and that goes for anything. Like if somebody has like Jupiter and Virgo in some house then it's like okay you're focused and you're organized and that is so what you just said actually makes me think of someone who could have obsessive compulsive disorder truly <laughs> Jupiter's going to expand everything it touches okay. so we think of jupiter as a very lucky planet mm -hmm. and Perhaps Jupiter, perhaps I have Jupiter in a, a setting that's going to help me get what I want. You know, Jupiter and um, Mars are next to each other, but it could also, it could help me and it could also make me take stuff that's not mine. It can, it can push it too far. Jupiter can take it too far. So if I have a lot of Virgo and I'm very detail oriented and I'm doing things just a certain way, and then I put Jupiter in there, it could make me go too far in that direction. Okay. So okay. yeah, Jupiter expands whatever it touches. Okay. Because I wasn't sure if it was like, okay, I like the example of Jupiter and, and Virgo. So let's stay there for a second. But I oh. wasn't sure if it was like, okay, you have, you know, Jupiter and Virgo are together. So that means that you should focus and expand your ability to you know, hone in and analyze and organize and stuff. Instead, it's more like, oh, you might take it a little too far. Right? It's, it's actually both. Both examples you gave could happen. So it could be, I have obsessive compulsive disorder to the point where I can't get out of the house. Mm -hmm. And it could be, I am so organized and so detail oriented. I, I am the detail person. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be either one. And I think that that is something as we evolve during our lifetimes, we have situations that can give us gifts 
and we have situations that can challenge us. And as you know, they can be the same thing. <laughs> so, so we have to learn. Uh, I'm going to use an example that's not related to astrology. This is related to yoga. You and I both teach yoga. Being very flexible is something that is often seen as a goal for a practitioner of yoga. Being very flexible can help us to get into poses. The more I practice yoga, the more flexible I become, the more likely I am to actually become injured. So I'm pushing that to an extreme of I'm so flexible thing. This is almost beyond functional range of motion. Right. So we're, we're looking for that balance. I want some flexibility and I want to still keep strength. So it's it, the same with astrology. I want to be able to go with the flow and temper my desire. I'm looking again at your Pisces and your Mars here. I want to go with the flow and temper my desire to, I see it, I want it, I'm going to get it. And at the same time, sometimes you do want that energy of, yes, I'm going to go to school and I'm going to study. I'm going to become an Ayurvedic practitioner. That's a, that's a great use of Mars energy. And I can do it in a nice, flowy, non-stressful way. So it's finding that balance between the energies. Okay, great. So then that's, so ninth house is Sagittarius. And then what's the eighth house? Eighth house is Scorpio. Scorpio is the underworld. Scorpio, again, birth, death, transformation. This can be astrology, the occult, witchcraft, tarot. Uh, when I say birth and death, I say to people, in our lifetimes, we're going to have a lot of quote unquote births and deaths. I am a daughter and then I am an adult, and then I'm a wife, and a mother, and a grandmother, and a great-grandmother. Each of those is a transition. So it's not literally, I keep being born, and I'm dying in this lifetime. My life is evolving, and moving, and changing. It's a lot about transformation. That's the word I would use for that eighth house. Okay, so if you have something in your eighth house that could potentially show, like, oh, I don't know if there's, like, <laughs> transformation and you have saturn you have saturn in your eighth house saturn is regarded as your life's purpose saturn that's an important planet jupiter is an expansive planet saturn is a contracting planet so sometimes when i talk about saturn i say to people wah, wah. it's you know it's saturn can be a little bit of a downer so again you have a cool chart like you have a lot of different energy all sort of put together into different places. And again, your Saturn and your eighth house are in the sign of Aquarius. So Aquarius is a way of looking at the world very differently. So your life's purpose, Saturn, eighth house, transformation, Aquarius. How do I, how do I enact, enable, create transformation in a very unique way? Actually, to me, this is you, Emily. This is definitely you. Um, you are on a path in terms of career that is unique to living in the United States. If you lived in another country, it might be a very traditional path, but it is a very unique way of working in the United States. So I would say yes. And I, I also feel like you are very true to your path. You and Sean both. You're like, this is what we do. We're doing it you know, and, and you, many, many people, as you know, 
begin the path of I am a yoga instructor, I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And within something happens at the two year mark where they're like, I've taught enough yoga, I'm done. And I'm always like, what happens at two years? <laughs> that has something to do with their chart. Like maybe they had something where in their chart, it was like sort of uh, pushed them to, or maybe because, okay. So let's pause on the houses just for one second. Sure. Because if you look at a chart, you can, like you were kind of saying in the beginning, it's possible to see different life situations happen, right? So then maybe somebody, you know, maybe somebody is really into something for a little while and then something in their chart finally hits and it, and it changes. Yeah. yeah. So if that were to happen and we're, we're getting so deep into the weeds here, God bless people who are listening <laughs> to this podcast. Um, there are planets that our planets are always moving. So you can see this because it's on your chart. These would be called transits or progressions. Transits are planets, the outer planets, progressions are the inner planets, and your chart, progressions are green, transits are red, and this is showing where your planets are now, as compared to where they were when you were born. So, fun fact, I'm just, see, I, I really don't look at charts ahead of time, and I'm just now looking at this. So you are April 1st, that's eight. So you are 29 years old. Beautiful. Oh, okay. You're in your Saturn return. Here's your Saturn, transiting Saturn. And it's going right past this. Let's see, your transiting Saturn is at 11 degrees of Aquarius and your natal Saturn is at 15. So Saturn return. What does that mean? At what Saturn return means, this is going to happen between the ages of 28 and 30. It will happen again between 58 and 60. And if we are blessed to live this long between 88 and 90, remembering that Saturn is your life's purpose. So when you go through a Saturn return, I usually say to people, what happened? And for me, I always switch careers. I've been through two Saturn returns. I switch careers when I go through Saturn return. That's pretty non-eventful um, to be fair. Some people say to me, I had a baby. I got married, I got divorced, I had a parent die. I mean, there's all sorts of things that happen. Saturn return can be wonderful, it can be really intense, but it is going to remind you what is your life's purpose. My first Saturn return, I became a nurse. My second Saturn return, I was in the process of transitioning to a wellness career. So, and I say, goodness help me if I live to be 88. 88 to 90, I do not want to switch careers a third time. <laughs> Yet, if that's what happens, that's what happens. We, yeah. we embrace oh. it. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. So just to be aware, between 28 and 30, you will have a Saturn return. For some people, for me, they're really not super eventful. For some people, they're highly eventful. It's uh, Saturn again, it's that contracting energy that sort of, and for me, it was like, get serious. You have to get serious. I literally finished my nursing degree during my first Saturn return and began working as a nurse all in, all during that time. Wow. Okay. So yeah, so big, generally it's going to be something big that everyone can kind of remember at that time. Yes. And your first one is usually the biggest. But again, it can be people say to me, I got married, I had a baby. It's a, it's a life-changing situation. Something happens in your life. 
Um, yours could be, and this is totally shooting from my hip. This is intuitive. This could be a career moving moving point for you as well. And part of that is that I, you know, I know you enough to kind of know what's going on in your life. So this could be where your career takes a turn and you, you are firmly on that path, even more so than you are now. Like, uh, gosh, and I, I want to, this is totally intuitive, but I just want to say successful. So yay. I mean, I would love to see that for you guys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely can feel that I, I feel like there's all of a sudden, I feel like I just kind of, um, you know, pedal to the floor in my yeah. ear all of a sudden there, I feel like things are starting to bloom a little bit more and some different things yeah. are coming to fruition. And it's just really started happening like pretty recently, I imagine since Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's very cool. Okay. That's <laughs> cool. So Saturn or the eighth house is transition, basically. Transformation. Or sorry. This is transformation. Yeah. Yeah. And then what is, what's the seventh house about? Seventh house is, this would be Libra. So again, this is um, beauty. Someone who has Libra, my sister is a classic Libra. Her home is just gorgeous. Um, not traditional it's not like better homes and gardens it's very southwestern very cool we're very drawn to beauty i can literally be crossing a street and stop dead in my tracks to look at a sunrise or a sunset and not even you know like there's traffic coming julie pay attention but <laughs> beauty will just catch me i'm like i must stop i must look at this and see uh seventh house also harmony relationships Seventh house can be other people's money. So when we're talking about Jupiter, yeah. Jupiter in the seventh house right here, more than one marriage. <laughs> That's, you know, such relationships, but it's taking it a little too far. Like, oh, I was married once, divorced, I'm married again. You know, maybe I would be married a third time. Who knows? That's Jupiter in the seventh house will grant you that excess. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Do I have anything in my seventh? It looks like maybe I have something in my seventh house. You do, you do. You have Neptune and you have Uranus. Neptune, I always think of as our little escape artist. So we can escape in a beautiful, very healthy way. I am taking a bath and I'm playing some beautiful music and burning candles. I just need some time to myself. I'm escaping this way. Neptune can be an escape of, I am spending too much money. I'm shopping online. I am drinking alcohol. There's, there's a lot of ways we can escape. Healthy escape, unhealthy escape. We can escape through meditation. You know, we can sit down, close our eyes, breathe, and get away from, oh my gosh, it's been one heck of a morning and I just need a break. We can escape that way. We can escape in an unhealthy way. Again, no shade. We are... I believe we are coming here many, many times to experience all different types of life. So some lifetimes we may be here to experience an addiction that we would typically say, well, that's not a healthy way to, to escape. I'm, I'm not throwing shade. We are, we're going to have a lot of experiences if we come multiple times. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uranus is the planet of sudden change. So Uranus is actually the Aquarian energy. 
Uh, sudden change, Uranus, I believe, was discovered during a time of the French Revolution and maybe x-rays were discovered, like very unusual, startling things were happening in the world. Uranus, I, I think of the eighth house with that transformation, but Uranus is more like, bang, like we're just moving. All of a sudden we've switched direction and off we go. It's a completely different way of looking at the world. We can transform slowly. I can slowly become a nurse. That's a transformation. But Uranus is a very quick, like, boom, all of a sudden things are changing very rapidly. It's a, it's a cool energy, but it can feel interesting to harness it. And I imagine depending on where somebody's Uranus is, is where they would experience that sudden change. Totally, totally, yes. Yes, so you're in the seventh house with these two planets and you're in the sign of Capricorn. Let me look, I'm looking at the chart. I always like to look and make sure, am I really seeing what I think I'm seeing? Yes, they're in Capricorn. So hard work on your relationships. Uh, not someone, so that's interesting. You have that sudden change, but you also have the hard work. Sudden change could be like, I fell in love overnight, you know? And, and then you, you put the Neptune in there and it feels like this sacred space, this sacred retreat maybe that, hey, the two of us can create this space for the two of us, a bubble that we are in. And it's, it's fulfilling so many needs and not, not given a darn, like, what does the rest of the world think? I don't care. Like we've created this beautiful bubble and you're, you particularly are going to work really hard at it because that's in Capricorn, that's your energy. So yeah. And that's exactly when you're saying people look at this and they're just like, oh, that doesn't make sense to me. I'm like, yeah, but look at everything. Look at all of it. There's yeah. so many different aspects. Yeah, totally. Interesting. Okay. That's cool. Um, okay. So seventh house was Libra, you said, and it's, it's the harmony and the relationships. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the sixth house, what is that about? Sixth house, house of service. This is that Virgo energy. So think of service in terms of not service, like I am here to be a religious leader for a major religion. It's not like that. It's, I am here to make sure that the dog gets walked. We have food. We have clean socks. And I say to people, this is very important. Like these, the ways we are in service, these are all important ways to be in service. We don't have to be in service on this huge level. We can be in service to every day I take food to my neighbor who is 98 and lives by herself. You know, nobody's going to reward you for that but that is an amazing way to be in service. That's sixth house service. Okay. You have your North node here. Oh. This is what you agreed to do when you came to this planet. And remember when we started talking, I said, most of your planets are showing you're in service to others. So yeah. that actually, and again, I honestly do not look at charts. I just start reading when I, when I pull them up. You are in service to others. That's what you agreed to do. So, and I think of what you are doing with your job, with your, I don't want to say your job. I want to say your career, your passion. You are looking at how do I make this world a better place by making people healthier? That's what I see. 
That's what I see when I look at what's Emily O'Brien doing. <laughs> oh, she's good. making the world a better place. She's, she's helping us see like, I could do this to be healthier. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So that's a way of being in service. Cool. Awesome. I love that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one. And then the fifth house. Fifth house is the house of play, the house of laughter, the house of children. Oh, it's Leo, right? Is that uh, yep. Yep. It sure would be. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. It sounded like so, it. <laughs> what's that? It sounded like it. With yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your planet in the fifth house is Pluto. Pluto, again, is the planet of transformation. And you are in the sign here of Scorpio. So again, your, your chart is really cool. You have a lot of really sort of different energies, which to me, I just look at, okay, so you've got that whole picture. You've got that ability to do all of this. So if we're looking at laughter, play, children, transformation, I would say potentially a couple of ways you could look at that in terms of your play could be transforming. And, and when I say play, I'm thinking specifically of children. The way you're raising a child could be transformative for that individual or individuals, whatever, whatever you've got. The Scorpio is taking it to a deeper level. And um, again, so I'm when I start reading, I start getting into my intuition. So I would see that more as that you are recognizing we see children and some of us see children and think this is a smaller myself or this is someone who's going to do what I tell them to do. And the way your planets are placed, I would say that you're like, no, this is a soul. This is a spirit. This is a unique individual who has as much stature as I do on this planet. And this person has come to me as a child, I'm going to raise this person, but recognizing like, this is an individual who has a voice, who has the ability to interact with me and teach me and work with me. That's actually what I would see there. I've a couple of times when I've talked to you on your chart, I've actually gotten goosebumps. I'm like, oh. <laughs> lucky Connor, lucky Connor who's got a mom that's like, I honor you, I see you. And yeah, I mean, you know, we do meet people who just think like this kid will do what I tell them to. And I think, why <laughs> do you do what people tell you to? <laughs> people too. Two-year-olds are people too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. And my little two-year-old granddaughter is a stubborn little person. She's adorable, but boy, is she, she's just fixated. This is what she wants. Like Connor is a Taurus too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. God bless him. Okay, and then the fourth house is that um that's home, you said, right? That's right, home sanctuary, that's cancer. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and that's literally the home because Sagittarius was kind of like you can make your home anywhere. Yeah. And this, so this is the bottom of the chart too. So also this can be very private. Our home, when you think of having a sanctuary. Some of us have a sanctuary that we're like, come in, anybody can come in. I, I'm like that, I don't care who comes into my house. Come on in, sit down, make yourself at home. And other people are like, no, the energy of my home is, my, is mine, it's sacred. I need to keep it a certain way. I don't want people in here. Other people may not want people in their home because their sanctuary is messy or you know, something that they feel like, I don't need the whole world to see this. It's private, it's down here at the bottom. And I don't have anything there. You don't. Mm -mm. 
and you and Sean have an open home. You teach yoga in your home. So yeah, even if you've created a sanctuary, you are open to people coming in. Yeah, interesting. Do you think that that's sort of what it's saying too? Like if somebody doesn't have anything there, like me? It could. It could mean that you're not private about your your particular space. Yeah, it definitely could. And it's, it's not, um, and it also could be that you are someone who we're going to live here in this palace and, and we're going to live here in this tent and you're just like, okay, I mean, I can create home wherever I am. I'm not necessarily worried about it. People with a lot of fourth house energy are like, no, I have to have my sanctuary. Maybe they can live in a palace. Maybe they can live in a tent, but they would need certain things to go with them because home, you know, they're, they're creating a sanctuary where they are. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, and then what's the third house? Third house is communication. And I like to remind people, and you have Jupiter there. So Jupiter is going to expand on that. And what that would say to me is you're a great communicator. You know, you, you got this girl, you can do this. We can communicate through our words. We can communicate by writing a cookbook. Hello. We can communicate by writing. We can communicate by singing. We can communicate by physical movement, by dance. So don't think that communication is just I'm talking. There's many, many ways we can communicate. And you are in the sign of Virgo here with Jupiter in that third house. So you're going to be very specific about how you communicate. What I mean by that is that we sometimes talk to someone and we think, what are they trying to say? Where I would be like, oh, I know what Emily was trying to say. She was very clear. You know, it's very, very specific, very clear on it. And does that mean since we were just talking earlier about Jupiter and Virgo, is there a possibility then in my chart with that, that like that could be taken too far? Yeah. So what I would say here, and let's go back to the cookbook example, somebody who with Jupiter and Virgo could be like, I can't release the cookbook because I've tweaked this recipe and it needs to be different. And I've already sent the cookbook to the printer. And so you would constantly be down that rabbit hole of, but I've tweaked this recipe and I've tweaked this recipe and it's not ready. And so there's a point where you have to say like, it's ready. I'm going to release it. I can do an app and I can put these new versions on the app or I can do it in a second cookbook. You know, there's a point where you just have to say it's good enough and send it out into the world. Okay, interesting. So third house, communication. communication. We'll need to look at what their planets or signs are in there and that sort of shows them how their best way to communicate is in a way. Is that right? Um, it's just going to indicate more about how you would communicate. And again, you could have nothing there. Obviously, we all communicate in different ways. There could be nothing there. And and that third house, you know, that is more towards the bottom of the chart. So it can be, hey, it's kind of private. I don't necessarily want to communicate. Okay. Um, we definitely know those folks as well. Yeah. And so that would be sort of like you were saying in the beginning, like maybe more introverted. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. So if a person had a lot of signs on the lower half of their chart, we could maybe potentially indicate that they are more introverted. They could be. But again, I have a lot of things on the bottom of my chart. I'm not introverted at all. I'm literally an off the charts extrovert. My sun and moon are opposite each other. 
And when I was born, the moon was full, which can make you very extroverted. So I think that's why it didn't create me to being more introverted. I'm, and I'm a Leo rising. So mm -hmm. yeah, so again, great example of look at the whole picture. Totally, totally. Okay, cool. And then the second house, what does that represent? Second house is resources. And when we think of resources, people, especially in this country, we think money, like what do you need? But also we need shelter, we need food, uh, we need to feel safe, you know, we need to feel secure. So this can be the house, uh, this is the house rather of resources. This is not a planet. This is Chiron and Chiron is the wounded healer. So this is work for you to fix, make better your wounded healer. Resources with Chiron there, I would say potentially in a past life, that was something you, you just didn't have. Like maybe you were in a situation where there were no resources. Um, I think of folks in refugee camps who don't know like, where's my next meal coming from? I don't have water, I don't have clothes. It, it can be something like that. So here it's looking at, do you have the resources? And, and these again are the basic things. This isn't, do you have a Mercedes and do you live in a you know, $3 million house? No, it's, you know, do I have shelter? Do I have food? Do I have socks? That's and so interesting because I feel like my entire life, I have always had, I've had to work through this deep, seated belief that like or like fear that you know i'm gonna run out like lack mentality almost like i'm gonna run out yeah have money i'm gonna lose my home or whatever it is i've had to like mm -hmm. really really work on that and start to heal that so that's super interesting that's yes because probably in a past life you were in a situation where resources were very scarce and again if we think I'm going to have all these experiences at some point in life, we are going to lack resources and at some, in some life. And in some life, we may be someone who's a multi-billionaire and has every resource possible. I'm not saying one is better than the other. We could be a, a holy man. You've been to India. We could be a holy man in India begging on the street. They would not have this wound. This wound would more come from someone who was like, no, I want shelter. Right. But we could be a holy man who's totally fulfilled and super happy and has no idea like, will I be fed today? This robe is falling to pieces. Will I get another robe? And we could be someone with billions of dollars who is extremely unhappy. Mm. You know, it doesn't, having everything does not make us fulfilled. So, okay, so can you just explain really fast what the Chiron looks like? So if people are looking at their charts, they can find it in yeah. the So Chiron, I'm just blowing it up so Emily and I can see it a little better. It is a one, two, three, four, five, six-sided little circle. And then on top of it, it almost looks like the letter K. Yeah. And that is Chiron, that is the wounded healer. So that's probably something good for people to really pay attention to, like find that Chiron on your chart and then like really. Yeah. That. Yeah. And to understand like, oh, okay. That's, that's what that's all about. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Um, cool. Okay. So then we're just on, oh, I guess we still need to do 12 and 11 too, but okay. So what's. <laughs> yeah, we, we started at a funny place, but you know, that was, that was great Capricorn energy. We're going to start with the 10th house. Career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, first house is the house of self 
and your rising sign is not considered first house, um, just FYI, because sometimes people ask that. House of self, again, if there was a lot of planets there, you don't have anything in that house, I would say that is your time to focus on yourself. What your chart is showing me is that you are in service to others. So you wouldn't, you wouldn't have a lot going on in the first house. Hmm. Okay. If somebody had some sign though, would that, they would want, it would just show them what kind, I guess it just would be like. Yeah. I, I had a client who had so much in her first house and I said to her, this is your lifetime to be selfish. If people are saying to you, you're selfish because you're focused on yourself, tell them that's my work. It can literally be our work that we're supposed to do. Again, if we believe we're having multiple, multiple lifetimes, some lifetimes I'm in service to others, some lifetimes I'm in service to myself. Right. Okay. I love that. That's cool. Sort of gives permission. They can look in their totally. chart. Like, totally. Yeah. Huh. Cool. Okay. And then what's the 12th house represent? 12th house is spirituality and this is Pisces. So although you do not have planets, in your 12th house, you do have, I believe your moon in Pisces. So you have that energy. So that's, that's where things can be tricky. Like if someone just looks at this and they're like, there's nothing in the 12th house. I'm like, but her Pisces is, she has that moon in Pisces. So you are going to feel that very deep seated spirituality. Again, if someone had tons of energy in the 12th house, I'd be like, okay, they could be somebody who gave up all their worldly goods and went to live in a monastery. Yeah. And they're just trusting. They're going with the flow. What is, what is meant to be is meant to be. I do want to call out, I talked about your North Node being in the 6th house. Your North Node is the work you agreed to do in this lifetime. Your South Node would be in the 12th house. It does not show up on here, but we know it's there. So in a past life, you were having that very strong energy in that 12th house. And again, potentially, and, and you're in the sign of cancer. So potentially you were spiritually creating a sanctuary for others in a past life. This lifetime, you're in service to others in a completely different way. Past lifetime, you may have been creating that sanctuary and helping others on that path. Different, you know, Similar that you were in service, but also different in that now you are boots on the ground. You're very much in this world of I am in service in terms of I will feed the dog. I will get you clean socks. I will prepare the food. Where here it might have been, I've created a sanctuary. I've created a convent. I've created a monastery. And people can come here and uh, meditate for the rest of their lives. You would not have been like, I am providing food. You just would have been, here's the space. Come in. Right. Yeah. So the, can you briefly, really fast before we go to the 11th house, can you just explain, okay, so the, the South node is, is basically indicating past life mm -hmm. sort of mm -hmm. uh, lives, I guess. <laughs> and then uh, the North node is, is sort of showing you like what you need to do or what you are supposed to do in this life. Is that right? Okay. So the North node is what you agreed to do. You could ignore it. Saturn is your life's purpose. You cannot ignore Saturn. If I'm sitting here on my couch, Saturn knocks on my door. Hey, it's me, Saturn. I'm your life's purpose. And I tell Saturn, get lost. Saturn blows down my door, yanks me off my couch and is like, uh-uh, sister, we are doing this. 
people that I've met, you've probably met them too, who are older, more advanced in their lives and are not doing their life's work. I feel like they never get their feet under them. They struggle with uh, housing. They struggle with employment. They're just not quite happy. They're always sort of trying to figure it out and never quite getting there. North Node, you agreed to do this. North Node comes to your door and knocks. Hi, it's me. I'm the North Node. You say, beat it. The North Node's like, see you later. I'll come back in another lifetime. So very different energies. You don't have to do your North Node work. You don't have to do your Saturn work. I believe it will make you a little miserable if you don't. But again, that could be your experience in that lifetime. Like I didn't want to do my work. And so, you know, I just kind of floated through life and, and what happened happened. South Node again is going to reflect that's what happened in a past lifetime. We definitely see some overlap South node in the 12th house, that's very spiritual. Moon in Pisces, that's very spiritual. So sometimes it's just going to feel very comfortable to you. Like I've been here before. I get this. This is what I do. You know, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Sometimes it's going to feel like, oh my gosh, it's totally new, totally different for me. Interesting. Okay, cool. So, and how can people find their North node and their South node? What does, what are those? So the North node, um, the North node almost looks like a headset. Like you were going to put on a headset and there's a T inside it. If you blow it up, I, it makes me actually think of a wig, but I've also heard people say it looks like a headset. The South node will not be on your chart, but it is directly across. So if you literally just took a ruler and went directly across, you would see where the South node was. Okay. And I think, let me see, does it say, I don't think it even says on here where the South node is. Yeah. I think you just have to find it. Okay. And so then basically it's just, if you find your North node, you can also be like, okay, well, what's the exact opposite? Correct. Yeah. Feel, right? And you know, your North nodes in the sixth house. So the 12th house is what's opposite the sixth house. Right. Okay. That makes sense. Because mm -hmm. North and South. <laughs> so exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. So then the 11th house, the final house that we have not talked about yet. What is that? This is humanity. And again, you do not have planets here, but this can also be uh, something where, how am I showing up for humanity? Um, I think here of someone who, who can serve, I think of it as the collective. So we can all serve the collective in small ways someone who is literally going to make an earth changing move for the collective, somebody who says, I am going to move to Africa and uh, work with people during an Ebola pandemic or, you know, and stop the pandemic from spreading on the planet. People who are working on the pandemic are potentially serving the collective. Pandemic's a very hot topic. I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole, but let's assume everyone is working for the highest good. That could be seen as I am working for the collective. I'm helping the collective to heal. I say to people, one of the things I know I'm very clearly here to do is to heal the planet. And that's huge. Like it took me a long time to feel comfortable saying that out loud. And obviously I'm not doing this on an international stage. I do this one-on-one -on -one with people, coaching people, helping people heal through tarot and astrology, helping people accept themselves in yoga classes. That's how I'm working with the collective. 
you work with the collective very similar way that you are working on. I can help people to be more fulfilled, to lead healthier lives. And you have different modalities you're using than I do, but a similar outlook at the way we approach. How do I work with the collective? Yeah. Interesting. So if somebody has a lot in their 11th house, which is the collective. Yeah, it's humanity. It's humanity. Mm -hmm. Then they're probably. I would look at how are you working with? How are you helping? How are you serving? What is it you are doing for the collective? Right. Cool. So then basically, if somebody knows the houses, if they have they just listen to this and they know that, and we talked about the signs and they can kind of look in their chart and be like, you know, ascertain. I think it would be ideal for people to get an actual reading because, you know, yeah. you're like actually <laughs> trained in it and everything, but they could, if they wanted to just real quick, be like, well, you know, my whatever sign is in this house. So maybe that means something along the lines of blah, 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 right? Absolutely. And we live in the age where you can Google things. You can literally Google, what does it mean to have the sun in the seventh house? Or what does it mean if my son is in Pisces? Um, uh, so many things are going to come up. The website I use a lot is called Astrology King. It's, and there's a million, there's many, I think there's one called Cafe Astrology and when someone says to me, why do you use that one? I say, it's habit. You know, that's why we do everything. I'm in the habit of looking at that one. That's why I use it. But there are so many ways to look at this. I would like to say that some people, I, I had one client, the one I was talking about that had so much in Virgo and she's like, I'm really not a Virgo. And I know her and I can see that. I would agree with that. So she was born in 1950. And I said to her, are you sure your birth date's correct? Because if someone's really like, no, this is not me, I would look at, is your birth date actually correct? The farther back in time we go, the more likely we are to have an error. Mm -hmm. An example I'll give is my father, who was born in 1939 at home. And his birth date has changed several times as a child. They kept moving it around. And eventually they settled on October 7th, 1939. As I've learned astrology, I'm like, there is no way my dad's a Libra. No way. <laughs> I, I'm like, he is probably a Virgo. He was probably born in the fall. And at some point someone decided they liked October 7th for whatever reason, put that on his birth certificate, but he was born at home. They don't know the day, they don't know the time. And again, the farther back in time you go, or to this day and age, if someone is born somewhere extremely rural, you're born in rural Africa, you know, you were born in the rainy season or you were born when it was cold. You, they're not looking at their watch and saying it is 1039 and it's December 2nd, yeah. no. So just keep that in mind. If someone, if you, you know, if you're fairly young and your chart really doesn't resonate with you, there are actually astrologists. I'm not one that does this, but they're, they rectify, they can actually look and see like, okay, here's when I think your time really was. So just keep in mind, it can be that your birth date is wrong. That happens. I think it happens less and less now because we're so automated, but it, it could, still could. Yeah. But I think ultimately, if someone were to actually sit down with their 
chart and have a reader like you or somebody there too they'd be like oh yeah okay oh yeah that makes sense and and sort of together a little bit more than just saying I'm an Aries sun and everyone's like are you sure <laughs> yes totally honestly when I read I would say there every now and then I will have someone who's like that particular thing you said did not resonate with me but for the most part it does and I did have that one client who was like I just don't see it I don't see that I'm Virgo and and I would agree with her but I really felt like I think your birth date's wrong and she really feels like it wasn't and we don't know, you know, we don't know. so and that's okay that's okay yeah totally well do you, where can people find you if they do want to have a reading or even like a tarot spread or something like that yeah so it's my name julie j-u-l-i-e hoffman h-o-f-f-m-a-n wellness w-e-l-l-n-e-s-s.com uh, that's my website and there are several offerings on the website you could literally click on coaching yoga anything and it will take you to everything I offer including astrology and tarot and often I do combined I'll do an astrology reading and then I'll pull some tarot cards as well that's really fun to do because then we can look at if yours was about uh, career for instance we've already talked about your career aspects in your chart and then the tarot can help to clarify that and reinforce. Very cool. I love that. This has been great. And I mean, I am a little being a little selfish right now because I got to have my chart. <laughs> it was wonderful for me. <laughs> no, I'm I'm really glad to do it. It was it was so nice to come on and and it's more fun to do your chart than to do my own chart. Certainly, I I already know what is in my chart and. Uh, it's always kind of fascinating to me to pull up someone's chart and just see, oh, okay, you've got all these different energies kind of combined together. So what does that look like for you as a whole? And yeah, and I'm excited for you to be in your Saturn return. That's really cool. And um, kudos to Connor if he's, you know, when he's eight and he's given you some thoughts about his view of the world, you should say, I understand that I really am being a fairly spectacular parent recognizing you as an individual. <laughs> so he'll, he'll just look at you and be like whatever mom <laughs> one day he'll understand <laughs> oh he will he totally will yes yeah definitely yeah appreciate it <laughs> yeah yeah well thank you so much i i really appreciate the opportunity of course and hopefully we'll get you on again soon we can talk about tarot or even like nursing health stuff like that too i'd be down with that i'd love to have you on again sometime absolutely you know where to reach me i'd love to all right sounds great thank you julie thank you bye bye-bye And that's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for being here and listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe to it, leave a nice review and give it a five-star rating so that more people can find it and I can continue to do what I'm doing here. I'll be back next week with some more health and wellness goodies for you. So stay tuned. Love you.